Regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. You gotta be handy with the steal if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rob's video blog. Today, we will be talking about the zone defense in basketball. Uh, the zone defense is something I know a little bit about. It's something I'm quite passionate about. Um, I played basketball from third grade all the way through my freshman year of high school. I uh, played a lot of zone defense, broke a lot of zone defense. I uh, was very, very successful both playing and breaking it. Uh, won the Suburban Catholic League uh, Championship uh, two years, and uh, my eighth grade year we went 23-0. Uh, and strangely enough, we played a little bit of zone, and we broke a lot of zone, but we played a lot of man uh man-to-man -man defense simply because uh, we were just a much better team. But uh, I'm here to talk about the zone defense and advocate for the zone defense. And uh, before we dive in, let me give you a little history about the zone defense. Uh, the zone defense was uh, first really implemented by a gentleman by the name of Frank Lindley in uh, Newton, Kansas High School. Uh, he coached there for about 31 years and he won 10 state championships and came in second place uh, seven times. He had a career record of about 600 wins and about 100 losses, so he was very successful. Uh, contemporary guy who uh, runs his own defense, Jim Beheim, obviously at Syracuse. Uh, they run the 2 3 zone. Uh, it's one of the best zone defenses uh, run in all of college basketball. Uh, Jim Beheim's been to, th been to three national championship uh, games. He's uh, won one of them back in 2008, strangely enough, with the horrible defender, Mr. Carmelo Anthony. Um, he's also, I believe, second all time in uh, wins in, as an NCAA coach. So, uh, very successful track record for that. Uh, the zone defense statistically uh, is just uh, gives up less points than man-to-man -man defense. Uh, that's been proven in uh, professional basketball and collegiate basketball, and on also little bits of information um, in uh, lower levels of basketball. It's been proven um, in the NBA uh, before the NBA was actually merged back in 1946, I believe it was the. Uh, American Base, uh, Basketball Association uh, had banned it, and uh, when the two leagues merged, uh, the zone defense uh, was continued to be banned. Uh, in 1966, I believe it was, uh, they put an additional rule saying that a defender couldn't stand inside the key for more than three seconds unless uh, his offensive uh, player was there also. So not only did they ban the zone, but they also banned any real aspect of the zone, just kind of parking yourself. Um, in front of the net. Uh, in 2001, the NBA reinstituted uh, a variation of the zone. Um, still a lot of restrictions on it. I believe you can't have more than four players, uh, or you, you can't have all five players below the foul line unless the team, the opposing team, has at least five or four players below the foul line, something like that. There's all sorts of restrictions on it, but it was uh, brought back partly. Uh, the main reason why they outlawed the zone is because it slows down the game a little bit. Um, and it doesn't allow you to showcase your best players. Now, professional basketball is all about making money. I understand that. People want to see LeBron James go and throw down dunks and alley-oops and all that good stuff. It's fun to see. Um, not necessarily uh, the most fun thing to go and see uh, team offense, guys really swinging the ball around, moving perimeter shooting. Personally, I like to see that. Um, but supposedly, that's not what put, puts butts in the seats. So they have... Uh, They've outlawed uh, real zone defense uh, in the NBA. I'm glad to see that in college basketball, still very much in effect and is still being successfully implemented today. So uh, 
You'll hear a lot of things from people about uh, zone defense that are a little uh, troubling because uh, they're not um, A lot of people say, you know, zone defense, you should zone defense because uh, you're not teaching them any good uh, defensive techniques. Okay, because the only difference between a zone and a man is you guard a zone rather than one man. The techniques are exactly the same. The physical techniques are exactly the same that you teach. You teach a zone, the guy's not going to learn to uh, play man. Probably not going to learn the proper, proper, develop proper physical skills to defend. It's just not true. Uh, another thing that people say is uh, uh, zone defense is uh, is a lazy man's defense. You know, uh, you can't apply as much pressure. You're not running around like a maniac. Well, that's true. You can't apply as much pressure. But um, I, I don't even know what that's what what that's supposed to mean. It's it's lazy defense. Uh, play zone's lazy. Let the other more work and win the game or do you want to do as little work as possible and win the game i don't care i just want to win the game so to say easy man defense or something like that doesn't even really mean anything so uh so let's just go over some of the uh pros and cons and the differences uh between man-to-man -man and a zone defense man-to-man -man defense obviously you match up and you just defend one guy um, there's lots of different ways to play. You could play full court press, uh, where you're literally just chase the guy all over the goddamn place. You could play, you know, a sag man to man, where you know you don't run out past maybe the top of the key or past the three point line to chase your guy. And uh, you can also play a sort of, uh, <clears throat> sort of like a, a half court uh, man to man. What I mean by that is, you know, if your player is all the way on one side of the court and the ball is on that side of the court, you know, you don't go any farther than. Uh, then you know the half court line. You stay between your man, the ball, and the basket at the uh, at all three uh, at all three at the same time. Uh, but uh, typically, man to man is just pretty basic. You match up a guy, you point to him. This is my guy. You guard him. If he goes by you and scores, it's your fault. I mean, it's it's pretty basic. Um, zone defense. You guard a zone. You have an area. If there's two guys in that zone, you're responsible for both of those guys. If there's nobody in your zone, you're responsible for still guarding the area, intercepting passes that come there, and possibly sliding to other places to help. Those are the two main differences. Man-to-man uh, -man defense is uh, very uh, athletic intensive. Um, you have to be able to match up well against the other team. In other words, if the other team has players that are faster than you or bigger than you, they can very easily exploit you. If you don't have someone quick enough to defend one of their guys, you'll have to double team him possibly, which leaves other guys open, or um, your guy will just get roasted. Or if the other team has a lot of uh, taller players than you, they can exploit you that way with their height by uh, simply isolating the tall guy, throwing the ball down to him and letting him score all day. Again, you'd have to, you know, double team, triple team, do different things in your man to uh, to stop that. One of the positives of the man-to-man uh, -man defense is uh, you can pressure up and down the court, and if you are more athletic, you can usually generate more turnovers, and you can just beat a team. I mean, just because you're because you're more athletic, you're in their face all the time, you're putting pressure on them all the time. That is the advantage to the man-to-man. -man. However, it's very rare, uh, or it's not necessarily very rare, but it's not if it's not critical. If you're better than another team, you're more athletic kind of doesn't matter if you play a man or a zone because you're better. You're more athletic. You're going to win anyway most of the time. So to say like, oh, we should play a man because we're more athletic and we'll beat them by more points, it doesn't really make any sense. You're better than them. If you play your game, you should beat them anyway, whether you play a man or a zone. But if you're not as athletic as them, uh, playing a zone could be much better um, because you're not going one-to-one -one with the guy. So if they have a speed demon, 
you have the whole team defending that one guy, not just one guy defending him and getting roasted. And also, if your team is at a height disadvantage, maybe you only have one really big guy and you have three big guys. Well, instead of you know your one guy manning up the one guy, you put your big man right in front of the basket, and any of their big guys that come around the basket who get the ball, he's always there to defend. Uh, one of the other really uh, good parts of uh, uh, zone defense is that your players typically, depending on the type of zone that you play, but your players are typically uh, usually in the right position to rebound the ball because uh, most zone defenses are predicated on putting your faster, smaller players along the perimeter and your taller, bigger, stronger, slightly slower players closer to the basket. So they're usually always in position to get a ball. You're not going to find you know, a power forward out by the three-point line or a center up at the, the foul line or something like that. They're usually where they're supposed to be uh, to rebound the ball. So that's, that's one of the advantages. And whereas man-to-man -man is very athletic, uh, he's a lot of running. Zone defense uh, keeps your guy, keeps your players with fresh legs, which uh, is a huge advantage. I mean, you know, if you have a short bench or you, you only have maybe six or seven really good guys to play, playing a zone defense is great because you can you can save the legs of your good players and play them longer. And listen, if the other team's running twice as much as you are, when you're on the offensive end, you should be able to blow by those guys. When you get a rebound, you should be able to run the floor and get easy buckets. Uh, when you play a zone, you get the uh, you get the advantage of that. Um, so. That's pretty much just my, uh, my basic take and my basic rant on it. Um, uh, we're gonna, in the next segment, we're going to go over the different types of uh, zone defenses and how they're arranged, uh, what players to put in what position, and how to break them. But before we do that, uh, just another commentary on uh, breaking the zone and breaking the man uh, defense. Uh, Breaking man-to-man -man defense, uh, you can use pick and roll, you can pick for the ball, you can not pick for the ball, you can pick away from the ball. Um, there's tons of things that you can do, but it's really, um, it's really predicated on getting uh, individuals open uh, to shoot the ball or to dribble to the basket or to uh, penetrate to the basket. And that might seem like an obvious statement, but when you play a zone defense and you're trying to break a zone defense, there's no man that you're necessarily trying to beat. Each you're trying to beat the entire team. And the way you beat the entire team, the only way to beat the entire team in a, in a zone defense, <clears throat> excuse me, is with good ball movement and good team offense. And the key to beating the zone is finding the weaknesses, attacking the weaknesses, and then when the defense reacts, sliding into the open space and distributing the ball. It's uh, almost similar, it's kind of similar to uh, the way you play soccer. Uh, you know, you always hear soccer coaches, you know, run to the open space, run to the open space, you know, attack the weak point of the defense, make the defense react, and then run to the open space and distribute the ball to the open space. Well, it's the same thing uh, when you try and break the zone defense in, uh, in basketball. It uh, requires a lot more team, uh, uh, team coordination, ball movement, that sort of thing, than, uh, than breaking the man-to-man -man defense. And that's why I think wow, one of the advantages are. So when we run through all the zones, you'll see I'll show you uh, how to identify the weak points attack the weak points, um, and uh... Okay, so <clears throat> there are four basic uh, zone defenses, and I'm also gonna cover two hybrids. Uh, there's other types of zones, there's kind of wackier forms of zones um, that I'm not gonna cover in this. They're specialty zones. They're usually um, for uh, full court pressing zones or a half court trapping zone, which is very exotic type thing. I'm not gonna cover that. I'm just gonna cover the four basic zones and then two hybrid zones. <clears throat> so uh, blue is going to be defense and red is going to be offense. Uh, the first zone that we have is a 2-1-2. Two, two. 
Let me put the basket in first. That's kind of important. Basket. Let's always keep in mind, you wanna keep the guy from getting as close to the basket as possible. The closer to the basket, the easier it is to score. This concept is very often lost on people when they come up with the defensive schemes and they're teaching defense. Key, keep the guy from the basket. Shooting and scoring from out here is a lot harder than shooting and scoring from out here. Okay, with that being said, moving on. Uh, two, one, two. Uh, the zone defenses are numbered or they're called the way they are based on uh, the different levels of defense. So a 2-1-2 two, two has two players here, one player here, and two players here. Now the 2-1-2 two, two is probably one of the most common defenses that is run in middle school and grammar school basketball. And sometimes you'll see it in girls basketball also. And uh, uh, girls youth basketball. <clears throat> and the reason for that is as you can see, your defenders are packed pretty tightly together. They can be spread out a little bit more beyond the key here, but they're usually packed pretty tightly together, uh, effectively guarding the basket here. Um, and the weakness of the 2-1-2 is that it leaves the perimeter open for, uh, for shooting. So in middle school and grammar school basketball or in any basketball league where the players are not that good at shooting, 2-1-2 um, is very effective. It, packs in the inside, keeps uh, the offense from getting close to the basket, but gives them opportunities to score from the perimeter. Now the way to attack the, uh, oh, excuse me, before we get to that, uh, personnel. The 2-1-2 is perfect zone to play when you have a prototypical uh, team. And what I mean by that is the two guards here, you have, you, you have two guards, one center, and two forwards. That's your typical team. Now you can have, you know, three guards and two forwards or, you know, three guards, a center and a forward or three forwards and two guards or any permutation of that. But typical, the, the typical balanced um, team has two smaller ball handling guards, a huge center that's kind of slow and two types of forwards, maybe a small forward and a power forward. Two and two works out perfect for that. Uh, the way to attack the two one two is to attack it in the weak spot. And the weak spot is in the middle here. And like I said before we went into all of these, when you attack a zone, it's all about causing the defense to react and then you moving the ball to the open space and your player moving to the open space. So let's put some offensive players in here. So the easiest way to attack the 2-1-2 is to simply attack right up the middle. You attack right up the middle, you come into the middle. These two players have to pinch. If they don't pinch, you just dribble right through, pull up underneath the foul line and take a nice 10 footer. You hit that all day, no problem. If they do pinch, then you have an option, depending on which way they pinch. Maybe this guy comes up here, maybe this guy comes across, maybe they both pinch in this way. But as they pinch, you should be able to distribute the ball to either winger here. And the winger should be stepping in to get as close as he can to the basket and to the key this way but not so close that you can't pass it through the defender. So he's gonna get us, try and get as close to the basket as he can so that when he comes here, these two defenders pinch, the ball gets distributed, and he takes a nice easy jump shot from there. Again, easy jump shot, he should be able to make that sort of thing. That's the basic way to attack the 2-1-2. You wanna attack the middle, then distribute to the wings. Attack the middle, distribute to the wings. Uh, you can try to attack from the side here. This is also an effective technique. It's essentially the same. I mean, the, the arrangement's not that much different. Usually the two and two is spread out a little bit more rectangularly than it is um, in a square, but uh, it'd be the same thing. You kind of want to attack this way. You know, two guys might pinch and then you can dish the ball up here, but 
The most effective way that I have found, because the basket is here and the defense reacts differently depending on which angle you attack the basket from, when you attack up the middle, two defenders pinch, you distribute to each one of the wings, and away you go. You can shoot here. If this guy comes across here, this guy should slide in, pass the ball here, scores there. This guy comes in to help distribute the ball, score there. So again, you can see you cause the defense to react, and by dribbling up the middle, you cause two defenders to react. Or even if you only had one defender reacting, you still makes it even easier to distribute the ball here for an easy shot or to get you, get you moving. Another easy way to attack the 2-1-2 is to set a pick right here. Set a pick, this guy dribbles in, comes around the pick like this, and he pulls right up here, takes a nice jumper. Easy, easy peasy. You'd be amazed though how many grammar school and middle school teams have trouble beating the 2-1-2 for whatever reason. Pretty simple thing to do. Attack the middle, distribute the ball, and away you go. Okay, so the next uh, type of zone is the 1-3-1. One, one. Uh, just an editorial note about the 1-3-1. One, one. I think, aside from the triangle in two, the 1-3-1 one, one is probably the shittiest defense you could play, in my opinion. Um, re reason being, here's the basket. Um, you have three defenders spread across here. Uh, you want to guard the basket. Again, the object is to get as close to the basket as possible. Uh, it's the easiest shot, it's the highest percentage shot, and you're kind of vacating the whole area uh, to penetrate to get into here. However, a lot of teams and a lot of people have trouble breaking uh, the one three one because they want to typically attack up the middle or attack in this direction. This, this is usually the path that you go to the basket. Um, and as you'll see, the way to break the 1-3-1 one, one is to attack from the corner. Most people don't think of that, but this is where the weaknesses are. You can see this is where the vacancies are, are here and here. There's vacancies here and here, but again, you're kind of far from the basket. You're real close to the basket right here and here. So this is where you want to attack. It's very simple. Bring the ball up the side here. Distribute the ball down low. Make the defense react. Make the defense react. Let's put some more offensive players in here just for illustrative purposes. Make the defense react. Distribute the ball here. Dribble in. This guy pinches, this guy pinches, this guy pinches. As this guy pinches, boop! Pass it to the weak side, easy bucket. I mean, every time, easy bucket. If you dribble down here and this guy doesn't react, that's an easy jump shot right there. Boom, you score every time. Um, if this guy comes down and this guy stays there, this guy slides in here, you dish the ball to here, another easy shot again. So. The main key with the, to break the 1-3-1 one, one is you just have to attack from the corner. You come up each side, attack from the corner. Um, you, can, you can do a similar thing like you would on uh, um, the 2-1-2 uh, is you can have this guy bringing the ball up and you can set a pick on the backside here and go right around and go right to the basket. Real, real easy to do. Um, I think it's pretty obvious why I'm not a big advocate of the 1-3-1. One, one. Some teams do play it. We played a couple teams that played it. We smoked them every time they played it because... In my opinion, just not a very good, uh, very good defense. Um, but some teams do uh, struggle with it because it's not intuitive to attack the basket from the corner. Um, so that's the key to breaking uh, the one-three-one. Okay, the next defense is the defense made famous by Jim Beheim's team, uh, Syracuse Orange, uh, is the two-three, and the two-three. Set up exactly how you'd uh, think it is. 
like this. And uh, the, you'll see that the 2-3 and the 3-2 are a little bit more spread out uh, than the 2-1-2. Two, two. um, but if you ever play a 2-3 or a 3-2, you'll notice that once the ball gets moving and players start moving around, the whole thing kind of starts to morph into a 2-1-2. Two, two. You'll find a lot that as the ball comes in here and the ball comes in here, this guy ends up rising up here a lot more often uh, than he initially gets set there. And it ends up kind of looking like a spread out 2-1-2. Two, two. So it's not a whole heck of a lot of different. Um, usually the 2-1-2, two, two, as I said before, is used in grammar school. It's not usually used at higher levels because, again, you have to defend the perimeter. So that's where the 2-3 comes in. And then at any point in time, this guy can slide up and just kind of make it into a spread out 2-1-2. Two, two. So just like the 2-1-2 uh, the two, two, attacking the 2-3, you want to attack the middle. You want to take the ball up the middle here, draw the defenders, and dish to the wings. If you come up the middle, they don't pinch. You come right in and you uh, take your shot and you score. Um, same way to attack the uh, the two three. You can you can pick here, have the guy come around. You can even you can pick here, have the guy come around. You can even pick on the inside and have him have him come around this way. Um, that's a little bit harder to do. But yeah, pretty much same kind of thing. You want Set your guys here. Maybe put a guy here. Stick a guy in the. Maybe stick a guy out here for a shoot a three pointer. Um, take some guys on the perimeters here. Um, one thing to note is you only have two defenders out here, and there's really no one in the middle. This guy may step up at some point, but the upper portion of the key is uh, is very very weakly guarded. So a way, especially if you're a decent shooting team, a way to break uh, the two three pretty well is stick a guy right here parallel to the three point line with him. So that when this guy comes in here and this guy sags in as close as he can get, the ball either gets distributed around to this guy <clears throat> or you just kick it right back here if you got a sharpshooter and he's wide open for a shot um, every time. A lot of times they'll have the uh, guys in the 2-3 come way out here to defend this sort of thing. Again, dribble penetrate here. This guy comes over. You dish here. If this guy comes out to defend here, he's open. If he comes to defend here, he's open. And remember, the key to remember when breaking the zone uh, it's all about ball movement. The ball moves way faster than any defender can move. So the second that you get an opening to pass it to a guy that's in an open space, you make that pass. The defense reacts. The player then has to fill in the open space where the defender just vacated, pass the ball to him, and you move on. But again, the weakness of the 2-3, come up the middle. Um, even if you come up the middle and they pinch and you can't get through, I mean, you can you could stick a guy right here. This guy can flash to here. You give it to him, he turns around for a little jumper. Boom, no problem. This guy passes, crosses into lane, pass to him, no problem. Um, so that, that's how you attack the 2-3. The worst thing you can do in the 2-3 is go to the corner. Go to the corner. Uh, obviously, this is where the strength is. There's, there's nobody in the middle here. Again, this guy may come up, and then it's a 2-1-2, and we just went over how to break the 2-1-2, very similar to the 2-3. The 3-2 is very often run when you have... Uh, <clears throat> When you have two really fast guys here and here, uh, in the the in the uh, two three where you had three defenders down here, typically this guy's a center and you've got two smaller forwards here and they cover this zone here and this zone here. These two guys out here typically are really fast. They're really they're usually your smaller guys, your guards, and you run the three two when the other team shoots the perimeter really well. This guy will cover everything in this zone right here and everything in this zone here. These guys are usually very very fast and usually. Uh, the two, three, and the three, uh, the two, uh, excuse me, the three, two is run when you don't have a center, when you don't have one big man. There ain't no way you're putting your center here 
And I mean, you could put your center here and you could put a forward here, but typically when you don't have a center and you have just maybe two forwards, you run a, uh, you can run a three, two. Um, you could also pressure a lot in a three, two. You can do a double trap because these guys come out this way. Uh, best way to break a three, two is uh, kind of similar to uh, kind of similar to a one, three, one. Um, I want to throw the balls down here. I mean, these are the weak spots here, here, and here. Um, so the way to break it is, uh, again, dribble penetrate to where you can, to this zone here, draw two defenders. If you come here and this defender pinches, you can pass here if you have a good shooter to shoot a three. Or you dribble here, he distributes here, he distributes here. It's all about ball movement. But you dribble penetrate <clears throat> to here, draw two defenders. If this, this defender doesn't pinch fast enough, you got an easy pass right in there. If this defender doesn't pinch fast enough, you got an easy pass right here, and you can keep running right there. So this guy has to pinch. If he doesn't pinch, you pass here, then you hit here, and then you can look for a guy in here. All about ball movement, all about identifying the weak spots on the floor. Weak spots in the 3-2, across the middle here, right here, and in the corners. You can even play the game here. You, you pass this, put a guy here, put a guy here, or put a guy down there, pass the ball, dribble penetrate, draw, dish, he comes back out, pass there, dribble this guy in, this guy's got to come out, this guy's got to shift over. Now this spot's vacant, he may sag down. If he doesn't sag down, then he's got to sag in, pass it back here. There's always, you can always get somebody open. Move the ball, move the ball, move the ball. Draw the defense, move the ball, move the ball, move the ball. Okay, the next two that I'm gonna go over is the box in one and the triangle in two. <clears throat> the box in one and triangle in two are hybrid defenses. They are partial zone, partial man. So the box in one is exactly what it sounds like. You make a box. And you got one guy that plays man-to-man uh, -man defense. Boxing one is usually used when the opponent has uh, one really fast, really good, really dynamic player that you're having trouble stopping. Maybe you want to deny him the ball, just don't even let him get the ball in his hands. The other players are much weaker players. You'd rather them have the ball. You can very often play a boxing one that way. <clears throat> um, I think it's pretty obvious where uh, the boxing one's weakness is. It's right here in the middle. Um, if you got a good post player, I plop them right down there um, and just work the ball into the middle of the floor. Um, obviously, this is a man-to-man -man situation, so you know picking for the ball is a good way to beat uh, the box in one. Um, another way to beat the box in one, the best way, in my opinion, to beat the uh, hybrid zones is to just take this guy totally out of the equation. Um, the less players on the court, in my opinion, the more advantageous it is to the offense. Um, you know, when you're playing one-on-one -on -one and there's only one guy, you only got to beat one guy. You don't even have to really beat him. You just have to get a half a step and you get a decent shot. Um, so if you could take a guy out of a play, it's not a problem. So if you have somebody else that can handle the ball or uh, if these four guys can do okay, one of the easiest things to do is just run this guy off over here, take the defender with him, and now it's four against four. And they're playing a box here. Work the ball in here. If you take this guy out, put him over here, and he plays man. This is pretty easy to break, in my opinion. Very easy to break. Now it's four on four. He comes over here. Maybe he even just he runs over here, and this guy's playing a man-to-man. -man, throws the ball back here. He dribble penetrates here. He pinches. He passes there. He passes there. If they don't pinch, he can pull up and shoot. If they don't pinch, he passes there. Bucket. Easy. Easy peasy. The key to the boxing one 
is to take the man out of the situation and just play it like it's a four-on-four box and you can beat it. The problem, the difficulty in doing that is usually the team plays the box in one because he's the only good player on the team. So you take him out of the equation, you put the ball in somebody else's hand and the other four guys aren't that good, they may have trouble breaking the box. But that's a, uh, <laughs> that's a reality of the game. Uh, if you don't have a team offense and you only have one guy and they play a box in one and they can defend him pretty well, uh, you're gonna have trouble. Like I said, one other way to break it is to uh, you know pick for the man with the ball. Send the guy here, pick, he comes across, and now you have one, two, three, four on four, but now your best player's got the ball. So actually, that's probably a better scenario, is you know to have this guy bring the ball up the court, set a pick for him coming back this way. Now that your guy and the defender are tied up here momentarily, he's got the ball, and now it's a four on four situation, which is actually even better, because now the floor is open even more, and your best player has the ball in his hand. Now he can dribble penetrate, he can dish, he can pass, he can go in, do whatever he wants. Um, so, boxing one, usually used when the team has uh, one really, really good player. Best thing to do in the boxing one, in my opinion, is deny the best player the ball when you're playing defense. Because, like I said, in this scenario, if he gets the ball and you set a pick, it's four on four and the best player's got the ball in his hand, you're kind of toast. Um, so, if you deny him the ball, deny him the ball, deny him the ball, that's the best. Uh, the best way to implement the boxing one, in my opinion. However, uh, a lot of times the guy uh, that you're playing the boxing one on is their point guard. He usually gets the ball down here when they inbound the ball and he comes up the court, so he's always got the ball in his hand anyway. So uh, that's a little bit about the boxing one. Next one is a triangle in two. Um, and my personal opinion of the triangle in two is it kind of sucks. Uh, I don't think it's very good defense. I've seen it played twice and uh, it's failed miserably both times. And um, I think uh, there's, there's, there's really, really, you're gonna see, it's really, really, really easy to beat uh, just because it's kind of, just because of the configuration of it, okay? So triangle in two is a triangle like this and then uh, two man-to-man -man defenders. So let's just put them here for now. Let me put this guy. Okay, so when you come down the court, it probably sets up a little bit like a 2-1-2, like a but ultimately, usually, uh, the triangle in two is uh, usually two guards guarding or two guys out guarding like this, and there's uh, three defenders, and the three defenders want to stay around here. It wouldn't make very much sense to have these two guys play man-to-man -man and then have three defenders way out here at the top. That doesn't make any sense at all. So uh, typically, the triangle and two is played this way. My opinion, easiest way to beat, I mean, easy peasy way to beat triangle in two, if, especially if these two are the defenders, take the two guys that are being guarded one-on-one -on -one and put them right here. Put them right here. Because what does that do? Now, these guys that are playing man-to-man -man follow dutifully, follow their guy down here. Okay. And now, what do you have? You have four defenders kind of standing in the same area, and you have one guy guarding this entire area here. You could do whatever the hell you want in here. I mean, this is like, that's too many people. Uh, this is, in my, in my opinion, the, the triangle, and any point, no matter how you play the triangle in two, 
All you have to do is take the two man players and run towards the other defenders and stay in their area. Because then you just, you, you can, I mean, you can do it either way. You could put both of these guys over here and then they have three guys in one area. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't really matter. You can't really do that in a box unless there's only one guy. When you have two guys being manned like that, all you have to do is take those guys, tell those two guys you run right at their defenders and you flood that area with defenders. Now you have two of your guys on offense and four of their guys on defense defending, and you have one, two, three guys being defended by one. You could do whatever the hell you want from there. I mean, I don't need to diagram it any more than that. Triangle and two, in my opinion, crappy, crappy defense. Okay, so that's pretty much it uh, in regards to the basic zone defenses um, and the hybrid defenses. There's I mean, a million other things you can do. You can press in a zone. You can trap in a zone. You can do, uh, you know, you can you can do anything. The the possibilities are, are endless in that regards. But uh, main thing is, zone defense statistically, uh, less points are scored against the zone defense. It's outlawed in professional basketball because it slowed the game down. Not as many points were scored, and it required more team effort, more team coordination to win. Um, so uh, go out, uh, teach the zone, use the zone, go out to your local uh, playground, get a couple guys, play the zone, and I guarantee you, you will win. I guarantee you get people to play a halfway decent zone, they don't even need to be that good. A halfway decent zone, you will frustrate the hell out of people who play on the, uh, play on the courts out there because most people don't see it, most people don't know how to break it, and like I said, most people are not consistent good perimeter shooters. You pack yourself into a tight zone around that basket, you're gonna rebound well, you're gonna defend well, and uh, you're gonna frustrate the other team. And more importantly, um, if you're like me and not in as good a shape as you were in high school and can't run around like I used to, uh, you're gonna save a lot of legs in the meantime. So you can have more fun, you can win more games, and you can compete with guys who may be more athletic than you. So that's it for the zone defense. Thank you guys for tuning in and watching, and I will see you next time.